Today I want you to notice the scripture with us from the book of Mark chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Mark chapter 1. I want you to notice in verse 35, the scripture says in Mark 31, uh, Mark chapter 1, 35, he says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in the synagogues and throughout all of Galilee, and cast out devils. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his precious word. Would you bow with me for just a word of prayer? Our Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the precious Bible, the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the power that's in this precious book. Now I pray right now that you will bless the message and use it for your glory. May some child of God be stirred and strengthened and helped. May some sick one take courage. And may those, Lord, who've been maybe a long time on the bed of affliction look up to thee from whence cometh their help. And then, Lord Jesus, I pray you'll save that lost one, man or woman, boy or girl, whoever they may be, may they come to a saving knowledge of thee. And then, Father, we need your power as much to bring this message as we ever have. So may the Holy Spirit use us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to speak to you today from these verses of Scripture, and I hope it will be a real blessing to your heart. Here we have the account of the Lord Jesus Christ as he prayed, and the Bible said that he rose up a great while before day, and he began to pray. Now, I want to speak to you today on the subject of before daybreak with Christ, before daybreak with Christ. Now, as we begin to look at the scripture, we find here that a wonderful day was closed, and this was crowned by a wonderful evening. The day before this daybreak that Jesus rose up early, the many things had been done in Capernaum. Capernaum had been exalted to heaven that day, for deeds worthy of heaven had been wrought in her, the Sabbath and the synagogue had felt the power of this new teacher from Galilee and had never before seen such preaching or healing. For in verse 22, the scripture says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. So they were astonished at the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 27, you'll find the scripture says, And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What uh, thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. So my friend, this day uh, the Lord Jesus Christ had preached, and he had healed many, and Galilee, and Capernaum, and the synagogues, they'd never seen it on this fashion. Many people who had no hope suddenly leaped out of their bed of sickness to praise the Lord and thank God for what he'd done. 
down at the marketplace and on the streets and in the houses. The theme of this Sabbath day and this Sabbath evening was known uh, throughout all the city of the Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, a great prophet of God they felt had visited them. A heaven-sent messenger was sent to them. A great preacher of righteousness was sent to them. But he was more than just a great prophet. He was more than just a heavenly-sent messenger. He was and is the Son of God. That pure teaching opened the ministry of the kingdom and that healing energy set forth the power of the redeeming king to show that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now I want you to notice that that notable evening was followed by a wonderful, notable morning. Now this morning when Jesus gets up to pray, it's following the Sabbath day. It is the first day of the week. It is a weekday, if you please. And so, on this first day of the week, our Sunday morning, uh, you would have thought perhaps that Jesus would have rested a while, having gone all day on the Sabbath day, having done great miracles of preaching and healing the sick. You would have thought that Jesus would have rested on this first day, but he did not. Uh, for the scripture says that he rose up a great while before day. And he could, uh, no doubt, he was deserving of rest. No doubt the Lord Jesus Christ would have been justified to have rested a while that morning, but he did not. He rose up a great while before day, and very quietly he steals out of his chamber, he goes to the streets, and then uh, he goes on through the fields, and then through the hollows, and then he goes to a secluded place, and there he kneels and he prays. My friend, I believe when Jesus rose that day, I believe that he was very careful not to awaken any of the house. He did not uh, awaken and go from that place for a show or to let people know that he was going to pray. No, he went because of the need of prayer. So he slips out from his chamber from the house that morning, very careful to not wake any of the household, and he goes out to the street. It goes out into the cool, chilly air before daybreak, while the moon is still shining. Before the sun rises, he slips out and he crosses the field as the breeze goes through his hair. He feels the chilling breeze of that morning before the sunrise. And then he slips on through the past the forest and then uh, to a holler. He kneels and he prays. That early morning of prayer explains that evening of power. If souls, my dear friend, are to be saved and to grow and glow in the things of the Lord, if we preachers and teachers and deacons and workers in the church are going to see the will of God done, then there must be a time of praying and getting alone with the precious Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was with the Lord. He went and he prayed. Now I want you to notice some things about our Lord and four points of our Savior's character. I want you to see, first of all, that prayer by Jesus Christ was intensely important to him. Then secondly, the popularity of the people. 
he valued very little. The popularity did not bother him. My friend, he was not concerned with it. And then I want you to see the practical application of prayer and what it will do. And then I want you to see the fourth thing, and that is that Jesus put preaching ahead of all other things. It was almost, it was always foremost with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, number one, I want you to see this, that Jesus put prayer before my friend anything else. It was esteemed very highly and important by the Lord. He rose up that weekday morning early and retired to a solitary place, and that was to teach us, neighbor, not to keep our religion just for a Sabbath day or retain our preference for just one day a week. There's a lot of people who say uh, or who have the idea that they're to pray on Sundays, on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights, but the rest of the week they're not to pray. My friend, you couldn't be farther from wrong because uh, Sundays, when we go to the house of the Lord and we are, when we are found with the children of God, Sundays ought to be the day, uh, my friend, when we fellowship around the word of the Lord. If we're going to do any praying at all, it should be uh, during, uh, during the week when you're out there among the sinners, when you're out there in the world, when you're, whenever you happen to hear cursing and uh, sometimes uh, people living wrong and living like hell itself, that's when you need to pray more. But here, on the first day of the week, Jesus went out to pray. Many folks observe ceremonial laws, or they'll put on a, a Sunday suit one day a week, and they'll call it religion. And uh, that can suffice, and does suffice for them, because they'll uh, put on their Sunday suit and go off to the house of the Lord uh, on Sunday. And then, not every Sunday, if they want to go somewhere else, many times they will, and forget God's house and God's work and God's preachers and God's people, and they'll go everywhere else. Many times they'll go out instead of being at Sunday school and preaching and Sunday night service, and they'll be out to the mountains or to the beaches or uh, a hundred other places, and they neglect to get along with God. I tell you, it's important, my friend, that we get along with the Lord. Now, many folks have gone to church, and uh, even though they went to church and heard the word, they did not respond and went to hell off of a church pew. One of the saddest things I know, and that is for a man or woman to hear the word, the gospel, and to not receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and go from hearing the word and die lost and wake up in hell. That is a terrible, terrible thing. My friend, you are to hear the word true. But the Bible said faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. And you should by all means hear the word of God, but you should also respond to the word of God and give yourself to the Lord wholeheartedly and receive Jesus and be saved. Now, we see that Jesus rose up that early morning and he went to pray to show you and I our need for prayer. Jesus prayed and you and I need to pray. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus desired very much to be alone with his father to pray. He had some praying that he wanted to do in secret to God. And dear friend, public prayer is all right. There's a time for public prayer. There's a time that we should pray together in unity as a body of believers. There's a time for that. 
but nothing will suffice for that private prayer of the closet or in the basement or in the attic or somewhere just you and the Lord and still away in prayer. Oh, I'll tell you, that's the most wonderful thing that ever happens when you can pray alone with the Lord. Woe be to that man who prays in public and he never takes time to pray in secret. I'll tell you, neighbor, that you'll not have any power if you just pray in public and not in secret. We need to spend some time in prayer as we see uh, our nation, as we see sin abounding on every side. How much more do we need to pray, my friend, in secret to the Lord? We need to pray. Then woe be to the prayer that comes just from the mouth and the lips only and not from the heart. Let me ask you as you listen today, uh, my dear friend, to this preacher, uh, how long has it been since you prayed? I'm not talking about uh, the formulation of words. I'm not talking about, my friend, uh, uh, just putting a few uh, pretty words together and forming a, a few pretty sentences. I'm talking about prayer. How long has it been since you prayed and you saw an answer to your prayer and you prayed a hole in the sky? You prayed down your needs. Uh, my neighbor, God is able to supply every need that you and I have if we'll but pray and look to the Lord and trust God and believe God. He can do these things and He uh, can answer every prayer that we pray. He knows exactly what we need. Woe be to the neglecter of that precious closet prayer. Now, friends, let me say this today. If you'll slip away in prayer, spend a little time with Jesus. Uh, spend, uh, well, uh, it'd be good if you spent hours with him, but if you'd spend 15 minutes uh, or 30 minutes or an hour each day with the Lord, uh, how much difference would it make in your prayer life? to have the Lord answer your prayer, to have Jesus and commune with the Lord. You see, when you read the Word of God, He speaks to you, and He uh, He talks to you through the reading of His Word. But when you go to Him in prayer, you talk to Him. And so, therefore, by reading and praying, you have a two-way communication. It's like turning the radio on without being able to talk back to the radio if you just do one without the other. But my friend, uh, reading the Word of God in prayer uh, is like twins walking down the highway, and it's a two-way communication. So we need to pray and know that God hears and answers our prayers. Uh, so we need to pray fervently to the Lord. And then we might get along. We need to get along that we can pray, my dear friend, aloud. There's a lot of things that we need to tell the Lord that nobody else needs to hear about. There's things you need to tell the Lord that your companion doesn't need to hear. There's things that you need to tell the Lord that your children doesn't need to hear. There's some things that you need to tell the Lord that the rest of the household doesn't need to hear, just you and the Lord. And get alone and pray. I tell you, my dear friends, what a wonderful time that is. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he steals out from the house 
and out through the fields and through the meadows. He finds a place to pray, and he prays aloud. I believe the trees clap their uh, hands as the Lord Jesus Christ prayed, the creator of the world and the trees. I believe they clap their hands for joy. I believe the uh, fields sang a, a heavenly song of jubilee that morning as their master walked through the field in an attitude of prayer. I believe the birds, my friend, woke that early morning to hear the voice of their creator in prayer beneath the trees. And what a joy it was when the family of birds heard the master praying beneath them. I believe the sheep out on the hillside whenever Jesus prayed that morning. I believe those sheep out on the hillside raised up their heads that early morning and heard the voice of their Creator and no doubt felt in their heart the great shepherd of all was at work in prayer. I believe the squirrels in the trees and the animals of the field, I believe they were astonished because the Master was at work in prayer. Oh, what a joy it is to pray and know that God hears and answers prayer. I remember years ago in my home when my uh, baby daughter I have several I have three uh, girls and one son but my uh, baby daughter uh, I was in the basement in prayer she slipped down into the basement where I was praying and uh, uh, I was there uh, talking with the Lord on my knees and my my daughter slipped down there she got on my back she swung around my uh, next, and she says, Daddy, uh, pray with me. But I was busy at prayer, and I kept right on to pray. And while she's wanting her daddy to play with her, and then in a few minutes, uh, she seen she couldn't beat me, so she joined me. And I heard her calling on the Lord. My blessed my heart when I reached over my arm, put it around my baby daughter, and I said, Thank God that my daughter can hear her dad pray. She's never seen her dad drunk. She's never seen him with a deck of cards. She's never heard him curse. Thank God I'm glad she can hear her dad pray. Oh, neighbor, how wonderful it is to know that we can pray and hear from God. It's wonderful. It's a time of getting along with the Lord where we can pray aloud. Yes, I believe that early morning of prayer, it was a most blessed time when the Lord Jesus prayed and he prayed aloud. Who was this one that was praying out there in the holler? And my friend, where the birds woke up to the tune of the Lord Jesus petitioned heaven. Who was it, my friend, that put the sun in the tabernacle of heaven? Who was it that planted a garden in the stars? Who was it that made the yellow moon to blossom in the garden of the stars and give the lesser light unto men? Who was it, my friend, that pulled from eternity all the rivers and streams for this earth? Who was it, dear friend, that looked down at the parched ground and sent the rain just in time in bygone days, and he's still doing the same? I want you to know it was Jesus. Who was it that sent out the first ray of light? Like some flaming archangel with garments of fire to light man's pathway. Who was it, my friend, that painted the flower with the glories and filled the heavens with the fragrance? Who was it that gave the mockingbird the song, the eagle the power, the whippoorwill their call? Who was it that scooped out the earth and the rock for a sea, piled it all up together, put trees and flowers on it, and gave us the beautiful mountains? It was Jesus. Who was it that set in the orbit of this earth to keep it from a collision course with other planets or keep it at precisely the right distance uh, away from the sun so that we are 
neither burned or froze. It was Jesus. Who was it that gave to man a helpmate that he might share their joys and sorrows together? It was the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was it that graced the home with precious children like olive plants around about the table according to Psalms 128 and 3? It was Jesus alone in prayer. Oh, my blessed Savior, praying. Jesus never met my friend, a blind man, uh, that he didn't give him, give him his sight. Uh, this was the one in prayer, the one who had power when he prayed. Uh, yes, he made the blind to see. Uh, he never met a deaf man, but what he didn't leave hearing. Uh, he never, never met a dumb man, uh, but what he didn't leave talking. Uh, he never met a crippled man, uh, but what he didn't walk away. Uh, he never met a, a leper, but what he wasn't cleansed from his leprosy. He never met a crazy man, but what he didn't give his mind. Back. He never went into a storm, uh, my friend, without he came out calm, and the storm was calm. Uh, Jesus, when he entered the sick room, the sick were healed. Uh, when he saw a human need, it was always supplied. Uh, my friend, he never met an outcast man or woman, but what they were made righteous. Uh, he never went into the cemetery, but what he didn't raise the dead. Uh, he never went to a funeral, but what the funeral was broken up uh, because of the power of the resurrected Son of God. Uh, it was Jesus. Jesus, that early morning, that was alone in prayer. Thank God for the power of prayer. And the Lord Jesus Christ went alone to pray. I believe, my friend, you can open up your hearts better when you pray aloud to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Then I want you to notice something else. Jesus got alone to tell all his secrets to the Father. How full and how deep and how intense were his prayers. And so when he got alone, he told his Father all the intents of his heart. How we need to say things to God. Nobody else needs to hear, but we just need to come before the Lord and tell him our needs and tell him our troubles and tell him our problems. How we need to pray for those, not only of ourselves, but pray for those that confine in us. My neighbor, today we have many, many hearts that are crushed because of sin. Many people who need prayer, homes broken, on the rocks, children going astray, mothers and dads lost, jail houses full, insane asylums full, hospitals filled. Sin has touched down on this city today, and hearts are broken and lives are ruined, and people headed at a breakneck speed, a jet age speed, toward hell. My dear child of God, my dear brother or sister in Christ, if ever at all you need to pray, you need to pray now, and so do I. We need to pray and tell our Father our secrets to the Lord. Now Jesus loved to put prayer first of all. He would go nowhere. He would attempt nothing until he had prayed. He would not preach. He wouldn't cast out a devil, my friend, or he wouldn't heal until he had prayed. And uh, he that is saved uh, should not face a man. You and I that are saved should face no man uh, till we face God in our prayer. Uh, someone said, uh, and when they go to bed at night, they'll put their shoes under the middle of the bed uh, so they have to get on their knees in the morning. Uh, first thing, to get their shoes. That's a pretty good idea because we need to get on our knees in prayer. Jesus had an intense desire to meet with God. He had no sin to confess as you and I do, but he prayed. He enjoyed being with the Father in prayer. He needed prayer. And if Jesus needed prayer, how much more 
Lord, we are the uh, children of darkness until we're saved. How much more do we need to pray? My friend, today I tell you that we could see things changed here in America if we but pray. We could see things changed in our churches if we would but pray. Many of the churches have become cold and formalistic, and the power of God seems to have departed, and Ichabod has been written over the doors of many of our churches across the land. How that could be changed, dear brother, sister, if we would but pray and talk with the Lord and mean it with all our heart. How that could be changed if we pray. I want you to notice that Jesus prayed, and he prayed for three things. He prayed for himself concerning the cross. He knew that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be but just a short time until he must face that old terrible, horrible, gloomy, rugged cross. He prayed for himself. And then, not only that, but he prayed for his disciples concerning their faithfulness. And he knew that they would be tempted by the devil and that Satan would try to hinder them. But he prayed for them that they should be kept. And then he prayed for his enemies. Somebody said, well, who is his enemies? Every one of us that are without Jesus Christ until we're saved, until the Lord comes into our heart, we are the enemies of God. And so he prayed for his enemies. The Bible says over in Romans, the scripture says, that we were enemies to the Lord, but Jesus prayed for us, and God, we have become saints because that the Lord has prayed for us that we might be saved. I'm glad of that. In Romans chapter 5, the scripture tells us in verse 8, a beautiful verse of scripture, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Who's he talking about? He's talking about you and I that are sinners, you and I that are lost without God. So the Lord prayed for we that are sinners. Uh, yes, they, these three things he prayed about. Himself concerning the cross, he knew he had to die for you and me. His disciples, that they would be kept faithful. And in the book of John, you'll find the 17th chapter of the book of John. He prayed also for you that are listening to my voice today. And he prayed that you might be saved and kept and myself. I'm glad the Lord prayed for me. I'm glad that he knew me and that he prayed for me. Yes, sir. I'm glad that he did. Now, I want you to notice something else. Jesus, uh, he wasn't concerned with the popularity of the people. Uh, we see the first point was that prayer, how intense it was. And it was uh, uh, extreme, very important to him. But, but now I want you to notice number two, the popularity uh, that Jesus wasn't concerned about being popular. Our Lord's popularity was of the best kind. They had heard about his works. They had heard about his healing, about his saving, uh, and uh, he was popular. It was of the very best. Uh, there was no tricks. There was no pride. There was no selfishness. He preached the truth. Uh, he was what he was. Uh, he knew the applause of man was different. He knew that the applause of man could be dangerous, uh, and so therefore it affected him not. Now, many of us, if we're not careful, if you're teaching a Sunday school class, or if you're leading the singing, or if you're a deacon, or a pastor, or an evangelist, uh, or whoever you may be, the applause of man sometime can affect you and become very, very dangerous. Uh, because if you're not careful, 
you'll uh, want to you'll uh, want to take the glory that belongs to God that should be given Him and take it for yourself. Uh, and when that happens, my friend, God is displeased, uh, and God has to bring you down. Uh, but my dear friend, if you'll let the applause of man not affect you, and if there's to be any applauding done, let it be because of Jesus Christ, then you will be much, much better off, and so will I. So Jesus knew that. The disciples said to him, All men seek for thee, and all men want you. Well, the average person I know, the average Baptist I know, if somebody had said, Why, the whole town wants to see you. Uh, they want you to come on and do something else. Or speak to a, Why, most of us would have just uh, stuck out our chest and said, Man, uh, I'm sure doing something. But not the Lord. He knew that was dangerous business. Uh, my friend, when we've done all we can, when we can and for all we can, uh, we are to count ourselves as unprofitable service and never forget that if anything's done, that Jesus must have the glory for he alone is the one that does it. Our lives, we just wretched, vile, putrefying sinners until Jesus reaches down and saves us. And if there's anything done, Jesus must have the honor and the glory for it all. Yes, God help those uh, that begin to feel preeminent. And those, uh, there are people, did you know today, there are people that feel that the church could not even continue without them. They feel that if they were to leave their church, uh, that it'd fold up and quit, that they feel so superior and so important uh, that God couldn't even operate without them. Poor, wretched souls they are. What a lesson they've got to learn that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is the majority and he can get along well without them or without you or without me for that matter but i'm glad the lord allows us to be co-workers with him and if we'll yield our hearts and give him the honor and glory which he so rightly deserves god shall use us too my dear friend uh, let us not be found among uh, those that are conceited and useless uh, but let us be found among those that are lowly and useful, amen, that, that God might give The Bible said, if you exalt yourself, God will bring you down. But if you are a base, that is, or if you um, keep yourself low, thank God Jesus will raise you up. Uh, amen. Not a whole lot of the Lord did that and try to do something on my own. All right, now let's notice. Uh, let's seek the good of others and the work and the will of God and not our own selfishness and our own selfish desires. Uh, my friend, we find across America today one of the greatest sins, uh, I suppose, that's in our churches today uh, is selfishness. Uh, you'll find jealousy. You'll find envious and uh, selfishness uh, that's spread abroad, abroad in our churches uh, simply because men are not praying as they should. Uh, then I want you to notice another thing. Uh, I want you to see the practical duty uh, of prayer. Now, they said here, all men seek for thee. And uh, most of uh, most of us would have said, uh, well, go tell them here I am or I'll be there in a few minutes. Uh, but not Jesus. He says, let us go from here unto the next town that I may preach there also. Now, my dear friend, pride would have kept a man there. Pride will keep you sometimes down if somebody's talking about right sweetly about you or saying something you enjoyed hearing or you'll just let them talk and be in that ear and uh, boy you'll think man uh, that's uh, that's all right they're saying something wonderful about me but listen 
That's pride. My neighbor and Jesus said, let's not be found here. Let's go into the next town. Now he needed to break up new soil. He needed to encounter new trials. And so he said, let us go. He had to enlist some more assistance. Thank God not only did he enlist some more assistance in the next town, but he'd been enlisting some more down through the centuries. And you and I have been saved and trying to follow the Lord. We have come into the army, into the camp of our Father, and we are one of his soldiers of the cross. Jesus seeks not what has been done, but he sees what needs to be done. A lot of times when you talk to Christians, uh, they begin to talk about how good it used to be years ago of serving the Lord. And you have another group that says, well, won't it be wonderful there? Uh, while it's true, we can reminisce sometime about the past, and we can look forward to the future. My dear friend, God is interested in today of your life. How is it with you today? Is God doing anything in your life right now? Has the Lord answered a prayer for you today? Have you felt the tug of the Holy Spirit on your heartstrings this day? Have you rung the royal telephone of heaven and the master of the universe have talked with you today? What's God doing now? The thing we should be concerned about, neighbor, is how that we're serving the Lord today. Practical duty of following the Lord day by day and serving Him with all our heart. He said, let us go into the next town. Our duty as a child of God is to keep on going for God. Don't stop. We may get knocked down sometime. We may fall down sometime, but we don't have to stay there. Thank God Jesus says, casting all our cares upon him, for he cares for you. And my neighbor, if you should get knocked down or fall down, jump up. Don't stop. We can't stop. There are souls that are lost without God. There are souls around where you live. There are souls around your church and your city and your uh, nation. And we need to be busy about our Father's business. Uh, let me ask you a simple question at this time, and that is, have you won a soul for Jesus? How long has it been since you won a soul? You might say, Preacher, I won somebody to the Lord last year. That's wonderful that you did. If you've ever won one soul, that's wonderful. If you've ever been instrumental in bringing anybody to Jesus, praise God for it. But let me ask you, have you won anyone to Jesus this year of 1976? Have you brought somebody to the Lord? Has somebody found their way to heaven because of you? Have you, my dear friend, told somebody how that they may be saved and born again uh, this very year and brought them to Jesus? Uh, oh, neighbor, the greatest thing that thrills the heart of God is that you win souls and that I win souls. Are you a soul winner for Jesus? If you're not a soul winner for Jesus, by all means, you ought to become a soul winner for Jesus today. And prayer will cause you to uh, be a soul winner. Now, you can't win souls if you don't pray. You won't have a burden for souls if you don't pray. You won't care whether they're lost or saved if you don't pray. And I'll tell you, when you get alone and pray, as Jesus did, God will make out of you a soul winner. And so, 
Think about that a little bit. Uh, Jesus, uh, he followed out the practical duty of praying and how we need to pray before we win. So, listen, there's many of you, you'll, sometimes you'll go out on visitation. You'll go out to church and you'll meet and you'll go out and visit uh, different places, but you haven't maybe spent more than five minutes in prayer. Why don't you bathe your pillar in prayer before you go? Oh, why don't you get on your knees and say, God, I'm going to visit a man or woman that'll go to hell unless we get them to thee. And just just, uh, just wet your pillar with tears uh, for that precious soul that's lost. And if you don't have that kind of burden, get on your knees and stay there until the Lord comes down in a mighty way and he tenderizes that old heart. Neighbor, I believe today that many times our hearts get so cold and callous uh, until we couldn't win souls if we wanted to. We must get along with the Lord and pray and look to him and trust him for the power that only he can do and give. And when that power comes, my friend, we are able then and only then to go tell somebody about Jesus and see them brought into the family of God. Then I want you to notice the last thing, and that is uh, Jesus put preaching first of all. He said that I, I need to go, that I might preach uh, there also. He put preaching out in front uh, that I might preach there also. I want you to know there is no substitute whatsoever for the preaching of the Word of God. There is nothing like the preaching of the Word of God because it's through the preaching, my friend, that souls are saved. And uh, it's not through any other mean. God hasn't chosen any other means. Uh, I know somebody says, well, uh, I believe people get saved through singing. I, I see people once in a while that uh, singing tenderizes their heart, but nobody gets saved, I don't believe, unless they've first been preached to from the Bible. Uh, and uh, because it's preaching of the Word, oh, how glorious, how wonderful, how marvelous, how sweet. The preaching of the Word of God, oh, it's sweeter than honey. It's greater than uh, fire. It's the greatest power that this world knows about, preaching the Word of God. Someone said, why, you preachers are fools. Uh, you're fools to preach. But that's all right. The Bible said in First Corinthians uh, in chapter 1 and 21, he said, But after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Uh, we may be fools for Christ, but who's fool are you? I don't mind being a fool for Jesus as long as I can preach and do the will of God and see somebody saved. I don't mind being a fool for the Lord. Preaching the Word of God has done more for souls than anything else in the world. It's done more for homes. It's done more for communities. It's done more for a nation than anything else in the world. Preaching the Word of God. My dear preacher friend who may be uh, listening to my voice today, I want to give you a word of encouragement. Just keep on preaching, boy. Tell it like it is. I know they won't like you. I know some will uh, uh, They'll do everything they can to destroy you. They'll try to ruin your testimony. They'll try, my friend, to... Uh, start a smear and light and pain against you, but keep on preaching it, boy, because God will surely bless uh, preaching the Word of God. I want you to know the praying man, the man who prays right, uh, will be the man who preaches right. Uh, uh, to, if you're going to help your fellow man, you must begin on your knees 
in a solitary vigil, buckle on the armor of light and pray the clouds away. Workers for God, be abundant in your supplication that if God gives you success and it comes your way, you won't be elevated unusually by it. And if non-success comes after you've prayed right then and it's detained a while, you won't be depressed because it didn't come right when you thought it should. Prayers will change things. What will become of you who never pray? If some who listen to me today, if you pray regular and you're a prayer warrior, what on earth is going to happen to those who never pray? Why did Jesus go out to pray so early in the morning? He prayed, my friend, for those saints that I've mentioned. He prayed for his saints. He prayed for his children. He prayed for himself. He prayed for God's will. My dear friend, he prayed for sinners. Oh, sinner friend, who should maybe be listening to me today, don't you see it's for you that he prayed? Look to him. Look to Calvary. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ today. Believe him and thank God he shall forgive you of every sin and he'll cleanse you and give you a home in heaven because of prayer. I can recall many, many times that I've noticed the children of God. I recall one lady who went to church and became so burdened for her son that she prayed and she prayed. She says, Oh God, my son has got to be saved, got to be saved. He was many, many miles away from home in another state. And that uh, evening, while she prayed so fervently to the Lord that her son be saved, God got a hold of that boy. And uh, right out of the middle of nowhere, so to speak, he felt his need of going to church. He went to church that night in revival meeting. And as he went to this revival meeting, he heard the word of God and went down and got saved. And he rose up off of that altar, said, Thank God for praying, Mother. And he said, Pastor, where's your fold? And the pastor said it's here in the office. And he went to the office and he dialed back home to where Mother was praying. And the Mother answered the line. She'd just gotten off her knees and answered the line. And he said to her, said, Mom, said, I want to tell you, Thank you for your prayers. Your son has just been saved. I've just given my heart to Jesus. And that mother, hundreds of miles away on the other end of that phone, she began to shout to the high heaven and praise God that God hears and answers prayer. My neighbor today, God's still in the prayer answering business. Let's pray for souls. Let's pray for the Holy Ghost fire of God to fall in our churches and the people of God to be revived. Let's pray for our nation and let's pray that get up early and rise up early, daybreak with Christ and walk out there to the secluded place with the Lord and kneel down before God and say, Oh God, make me a prayer warrior for Jesus' sake. If we'll do that, we'll see the power of the Lord in our lives, in our homes. I trust uh, that you will, and that you'll ask God today to make a prayer warrior of you. Father, I pray you'll take this message today. Use it for your honor and glory. May we, thy children, become great prayer warriors, and may, Lord Jesus, we see the work and the will of God done because uh, that we've prayed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs>